0: Welcome to Life, Love, and Everything Else, the number one show dedicated to giving you wisdom to help you live a better, more successful life by showing you how to make right choices in everyday life situations. Now, let's go right into today's program. Hello everyone, I'm Billy Smith, the host of Life, Love, and Everything Else, I want to thank you for tuning in and become a part of our Life Love Circle by subscribing so that you are among the first notified of all new episodes. Thank you so much for your support. In this episode, I will be sharing my story, sharing more about who I am, Some of the experiences I have had in life that have helped to mold me, shape me, prepare me, and give me the skills to do what I'm currently doing. And these experiences have a lot to do with the topics that I come up with. I hope this will give you more insight into the woman behind The Voice of this podcast. And let me just say this. I think I've said this in a previous episode. Sometimes the messages may seem a little harsh to some people, but know that all the messages are coming from a spirit of love and concern and just a passion to want to see people be the best that they can be. With that being said, let's go right into my story i'll start with sharing a little bit of my early childhood i'm the firstborn of my parents i was the first female grandchild and because of these two things early on i received a lot of love and adoration from my family and when i started school i was deemed very smart I could have graduated from high school at the age of 15 because twice the school administration came to my parents and wanted to advance me the grade above where I was and because they were not able to keep me busy in school. Whatever they gave me, I finished like, like a snap of a finger and the teachers would get a little frustrated because they couldn't keep me busy. So they wanted my parents to put me in a higher grade and and twice they did that. And my mom didn't allow it. She was afraid that I would probably be picked on by the older children because I was very small when I was little. And the areas where I superseded the other children was in reading and math. I was an avid reader, just soak it up like water. I would soak up reading like water, and I was good at math. I had a, a mind for numbers. I remember sometimes my parents, friends, or, or other adults, they would say something different about that child. And that thing about there's something different about me, I, oddly enough, I still get that at times now. I heard things like, she has an old soul. I was very mature for my age. And going back to loving to read, with early on, my mom, to keep me occupied, she would buy me books. And as it turned out, I happened to, she would buy me different books but the books that I gravitated towards the most were the mysteries and whodunits. I loved it. I loved those books. So she kept buying me those type of books till I had a series, a whole series of different mystery authors that I followed. And I love these mysteries. I love the whodunits. And in reading these type of type of books so much. I became very good at figuring out the end, being able to figure out early on into the episodes who had done it, who were, who were the bad guys. And because I became very good at figuring out the end to the story before it happened and being and became such a lover of this particular genre, it made me even better at being able to solve problems. I I really do think that had a lot to do with helping me that when something was put before me to just figure out the problem, I became very good at figuring out the problem, using that critical thinking, coming up with solutions. And even today, whenever there's a, a, a problem, I'm not a per- person that focuses very long on the problem. I go straight into, I hear a situation. I go straight into what is the solution to this problem. The experiences in my early childhood with the reading and the being very mature from my age that planted a seed for things that I would do later on in life to equip me to be a good problem solver, not to just sit and talk about the problem, but to be solution oriented and to figure out the problem. Another thing that made me unusual as a young child is was that I also loved old music at a very very early age. I loved to listen to the music, you know of the past. Maybe even, you know, in the early, I'm talking 40s, 50s, 60s music. Love, love that music. I've always pretty much gravitated towards music that was earlier than music that was more current. As I got older, one of my very, very favorite singers was Diana Ross. And she still is today. And the odd part about that is, She and I um, have some similarities. Our birthdays are around the same time. My birthday is about two weeks after her birthday. We have some similar personal experiences. And as I got older, as a young adult, people would often say, do you know who you look like? And it happened so much that I was like, yeah, people would often say, that I could have been a daughter of hers, that I looked a a lot like her, which I took as a compliment. And she's still my favorite artist today. (laughs) Bullying. Was I ever bullied? Yes. Three times. I was always known as the smart little quiet girl. So paint that picture. I never, I was not somebody that people would even think to bully. They they just didn't and being the teacher's pet, so I and maybe uh, maybe that was a target for, for for me being bullied. But other than that, people are pretty much a lot of times felt invisible. But yes, there were three times specifically that I was bullied in school. Twice by boys, two boys. One time by a boy in, in grade school, and then and then the second time. By a boy that taunted me and I felt like it was tortured me. He was relentless in taunting me. Seemed like almost every day from grade school to middle school. But in the case with the, with the boys, later on, they both did an unusual thing. They Had somebody to come and ask me, would I be their girlfriend? Uh, No. So that was absolutely no. And I knew I had heard things later on in life that when boys like girls, that's what they do to get their attention. They're mean to them. But, and maybe sometimes they, you know, guys do that even now with females, but guys, a little tidbit that may work with some girls, but for the most part, when you are mean to a girl, that's a sign that you don't like her. And so if you uh, make sure the attention that you try to get is attention that is of respect and caring so so that she will, won't will get mixed signals if you think that you really want a chance with her. Just a little tidbit. But on to the third bullying situation was with the one girl that I had that w- that bullied me, and this one actually turned into my first fight. My parents had just moved into, we had just moved into a new community, moved near where my grandparents lived. So when I would get out of school every day, I would go to my grandparents' house, and my mom took, she took a lot of pride in dressing me for school. We all went to school with... Somebody that in the class, there was usually somebody that was just about the best dressed. You know, you had one or two people that dress really nice and look like they come from somebody that had a little something. Well, my mom took pride in trying to dress me like that and, and putting her efforts into dressing me, you know, the best she could, which a lot of times made me one of the more better dressed children in class with the bowls and real prissy little girl and so I was a girly girl from day one when this situation with the bully she was the total opposite. Where I was a girly girl, real prissy, she was straight up tomboy and she was known for being a a bully and a terror and that's what she liked and she had the the scars to prove it you know with scratches on her face and long and short of it she singled me out to bully me and she would take my pencils you know and I was kind of like say shy and timid and she would take my pencils and then one day when I went to my mom I think my mom had to hiss up that something was wrong because I, I would just go and get a pencil but she had moved them to where I had to come and ask her, where were the pencils? And she asked me, what happened to the pencil that you just had just yesterday? And that's when I told her, because I never told my mom I was being bullied. Uh, And I told this girl was taking my pencils. And she said, I'll give you this pencil. She said, I'm giving you this pencil. But you better come home with this pencil, and you you, you better hold on to this pencil if you don't. You know, she threatened to to punish me. So nobody wants to get the wrath of their parent. So this particular day I went to school and uh, she, the girl, like clockwork, like how she did, wanted my pencil. And I told her no. And my mom told me to stop giving her my pencils because or else my mom would punish me. You know, then she gave the I'm going to beat you up sign. And everybody knows that's when you ball up your fist and put your hand and put your fist to your nose like I'm going to beat you up. And me being real timid, you know, I started crying a little bit. And when the teacher found out, you know, what the situation was, she scolded the girl. And at the end of the school day, when it was time for everybody to get out of class, the teacher let me and the rest of the class go. But she held this girl, her name, the girl's name was Ellie. She held Ellie behind to give me a chance to have some leeway to give me time to get home so that I wouldn't be in a fight with Ellen. But I was naive. I was naive, I thought that I, I, and i naive and I just wasn't thinking. I was just um, happy about the fact that I got to leave class before this girl did. And so I did not think to maybe take advantage of that distance and just go home. So I took my time walking and talking with some other girls. And I remember, even when I think about it today, it is it's impactful because I was taking my time walking with these other girls. And then all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, we hear almost like a rumbling and it was a a, a, the sound of a lot of kids yelling when we turned to see what was going on here comes ellie and with her was a crowd of other kids and the and the yelling was fight 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 and when kids hear that you know back in the day when they heard that that drew more kids in so she had it almost seemed like you know, in those movies when you've got a stampede of horses and they, they are coming at you, and I could see from a distance on this girl's face, she was furious. She was mad, and she was running with all her might, and I couldn't run. The instinct would would have been to run, but I would not have had enough time to to outrun her because I had books in my arms, and I was carrying some other stuff, and I pretty much just had to just keep walking my you know, my regular walk because I didn't want to show that I was terrified of her, which I was. She caught up with me and all the kids around. I was so scared, I tell you the truth. I was the scaredest I had ever been at that time in my life because this girl had a reputation. She was the bully that nobody had ever beat And she was really tough, you know, tough girl. And I'm more like a little skinny Barbie girl. And she was thicker than me and all of this stuff. And then she started yelling at me that what all she was going to do to me. She said, put your books down. I'm going to fight you. And she said again, put your books down. And... I wouldn't put my books down. She was yelling me to put my books down, and I wouldn't put my books down because I kept saying to her, I'm not going to fight you. And when I said to her, I'm not going to put my books down, I was holding my books in my arms, and I also was carrying a little, cute little purse. <laughs> cute little purse made like a little carrying case. I loved that thing. I, a relative had given it to me. It was so, it was a treasure of mine. It was what I would keep my pencils and erasers and uh, lunch money in and stuff. Just the cutest little thing with a porcelain handle. It was very fancy to me. And, you know, everybody kind of admired it. And it was a treasure to me. I really loved that little purse purse slash carrying case and the last time Ellie said put your books down and when I said I'm not going to she looked at me and I always remember she when she looked towards me she looked straight at that purse and she had her fist balled up and she and she knocked that purse out of my hands which when the purse fell the books fell and all of a sudden it's like I went into one of those science fiction phases to where the, the fear of her beating me up was replaced with the horror that she knocked my purse out of my hands and as it fell to the ground, she, when she knocked it out of my hands, she broke the handle which, like I said, the handle was like a beautiful porcelain-type thing, and she broke the handle, and the thing fell off of my purse and, like, in some type of slow-motion science fiction thing, and I saw all of this, mainly my treasure purse, fall to the ground. I'll always remember this moment. At that moment, the fear of being beat up was replaced with the horror of my broken purse. Less than a snap of a finger, the, the the little warrior princess beast was released. All I knew is I balled up my little bony fist. I went in. The only thing I remember was when I opened my eyes, she was on the ground crying with obvious signs that she had been in an encounter and there was not a scratch on me. Not a scratch. I remember yelling at her something about my... She broke my pocketbook. She broke my favorite purse. And I picked up my books and my broken purse. I was still... I think I might have been crying about my purse. And then I ran home to my grandparents' house. (laughs) that was my first fight and had she not broken my purse I probably would have gotten beat up because I did not have it in me to hit her I probably would have you know I don't know what I would have done but breaking something that I loved and she destroyed it that brought out a different side and that was the day that Ellie lost her rep her reputation for being the bully the terror of the community for kids around our age at that time and she lost her rep and I gained a rep on being the one that took her down and when it got out in the community that she had been beat up and everybody was curious as to who who is this person who did this and they found And they found out it was the little prissy, quiet girl. Yeah, it was kind of bad because she became kind of like the laughing stock. Nobody could believe it. But long story short, she never bullied anybody else. And her and I became best friends, believe it or not. Her and I became best friends. And right after the fight, her family made her come to come to our house and apologize. She stopped torturing other kids. She stopped being the bully. She started dressing better and her and I became best friends. Go figure. And we stayed best friends until my parents moved to another home. Moved out of that community to another home. So the lesson behind the bullying is that What I gained in those those incidences was how to handle confrontation. Because that made me realize I was stronger on the inside than I knew that I was. And with that type of insight it gave me a different it gave me more confidence about myself and how I carried myself. The experiences from the bullying gave me confidence on standing up to confrontation and and having the experience on how to handle confrontations would benefit me later on in life in many ways to realize that sometimes that when we face confrontations sometimes we don't want to deal with it especially if you're a person who feels like you don't bother anybody. You always try to do the right thing and treat people as the way that you wish to be treated. You're doing the the, the the good guy, good girl thing. But in learning how to handle confrontations and standing up, standing up for what you believe in, standing up for your rights, standing up for what is the right thing to do. Sometimes it doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. We may feel led to stand up against all odds and we have to make some snap-of-the-moment decisions. Confrontations are almost inevitable at some point in our lives but trusting God and facing those confrontations with the confidence that when God is for us Nobody can be against us. We can have the strength to do what it is we need to do and to know that, that we will be victorious. And that's where my confidence comes from. But that day with Ellie was a pivotal moment in my life because it planted the seed of confidence that I didn't have to be afraid to fight if i had to fight in any form of standing up to confrontations for myself and for the well-being of others as our family grew and i became the oldest of 7 and my parents worked a lot building a what would become a very well-known successful restaurant when they were not at home, I had the responsibilities of being like a, a substitute parent for my siblings. I was in charge of the house to make sure everything ran as, as if my parents were there. Seeing to the cooking, cleaning, whether the other siblings were bathed, doing homework, and being responsible for their overall well-being and protection, including being a disciplinarian. And the odd part about it was that even though I was the oldest, I was the smallest, height and weight wise. And there were times that as we all got older, people couldn't tell that I was the oldest. Everybody else was much taller and bigger, thicker than I was. But, so I had to be a, I had to run a tight ship and be tough to be able to be a disciplinarian with my siblings and especially when two of them were boys that sometimes did not want to obey a girl but there were times when if they rebelled if they didn't if I didn't feel like dealing with them then they had my dad which was a very big man, 6'2", big man with big hands, a man's man that uh, didn't play. So my brothers almost had to make the choice of doing whatever I told them to do or dealing with my dad, which was not going to be a pleasant thing for them knowing that my parents had put me in charge. And I was instructed on how to keep the home running smooth, and and I was taught some ways on knowing how to protect my siblings should anything break out while my parents weren't there. But if anything serious did actually happen, they were only just a phone call and a short drive away from home. But going through this experience and being basically whenever my parents weren't there to maintain the home and be the head of the household. This is where I learned leadership and management skills because I was the one in charge to be the one to make decisions on anything that would come up. I had to know how to manage my other siblings and eventually as they got older, I had to assign chores and make sure the chores were done and done right. I had to use common sense and critical thinking and knowing how to solve any issues that came up. This is where I received early experience and obtained skills on knowing how to manage others and to do it successfully so that my parents never really had an issue. They just knew that from... My early experiences in life, just just being that probably little weird kid that knew that was just way mature beyond my years, they trusted me in making the right decisions whenever they were not at home. But this is where I learned management skills and using critical thinking and knowing what to do, when to do, and how to do things. And my earlier skills of problem solving were used, the skills of knowing how to handle confrontations because I had to, if there was any threat to my siblings, I had to be the one to, to, to take care of it. And any threat to my siblings, either from, from outside of the home or even inside of the home, and knowing how to handle confrontations I had to deal with them. Next time in the conclusion of my story little did I know I was about to have an experience that would change the course of my life forever. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Life, Love, and Everything Else.